Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 78 of Caffeinated Yogi Talks. It has been one hot freaking minute since I have had an episode where I'm just going over some tips and tricks inside the gym. Uh, I made a post on my Instagram story and just basically asked, what movement would you like me to go over? And a shit ton of you responded with overhead press, so that is what we're going with today. I'll dive into 10 tips. They are very, I, I would like to say very simple. Overall, this is not a simple movement, but I think that these are tips that are very easy to digest with just listening rather than actually watching somebody. And that is coming from somebody that very much so is a visual learner. So I think that this is a good one for everybody. If you consider yourself a gym rat, if you're new to the gym, or maybe you are kind of curious about what the whole lifting weight thing is. So without further ado, go grab yourself a nice, warm, yummy cup of coffee, maybe whatever the heck you normally drink before you go to the gym, if that's when you're listening to this, and let's dive in. Hi there. Welcome to Caffeinated Yogi Talks. I'm your host, Danielle Collinsworth. Here, we will talk about all things yoga, both on and off the mat, fitness, entrepreneurship, this crazy thing called life, and maybe a bit about coffee. So throw on your headphones, grab your favorite cup of gel or tea, if that's your fancy, and let's get chatting. All right, y'all. It is April, if you are listening to this during or around launch date, and uh, that means that we've entered my birthday month. Not only is it the fact that this is the month of my birthday, but uh, I'm turning 30 this month, which is a big one. It's a fun one. I'm excited for it, to be completely honest. It's kind of crazy to reflect back on different times just throughout this decade, but I am overall very excited for the decade to come. Um, With that being said, I am telling you this because uh, for this entire month or for as long as I so choose to have it going, I plan to um, have a nice big fat bunch of sales for my birthday with everything TCY programming. This will be coming out on the 5th, so I won't have any sales live just yet, but if you are listening to this on launch date, there is a Facebook, um, or a Facebook, got an Instagram giveaway, so if you don't follow me, go to the Caffeinated Yogi Co., uh, watch the reel, you can partake, maybe win a month of programming with yours truly, but also peep the show notes if you're listening past then, um, it might be a time whenever the all the things are on sale for my birthday, or if you're looking to work together, you always save with the discount code in the show notes, so just some fun things to be aware of, from anything fitness, mobility, to nutrition. Now, today we are going to focus solely on fitness, as I talk about the overhead press. Now, I am literally talking about the overhead press. I say it like that because so many times we just see a barbell, a dumbbell, a kettlebell going from the line of the shoulder to overhead, and we think that any of that qualifies as a shoulder press. And technically, whenever you see just the word press, it means strict press, meaning you don't use anything else. You are just using your arms to get the bar overhead, or your shoulders, your upper body to get the bar overhead, I should say. Um... My point is, is that your legs are basically kind of like glued in space. They shouldn't be moving around. So anytime the legs are moving, you're bending into the knee line to start the rep or you're bending into into the knee line to start and end the rep, 
yes, that is a press overhead, but it has other things. It's either a push press, a push jerk, a split jerk, something like that. Today we are specifically talking about strict work, so wanted to clarify that before we dove in. I am going to go through 10 different cues. Now, I am sure that as I read through these, especially if you are newer to the gym, you might be like, holy shit, how am I supposed to remember all 10 of these as I'm trying to put weight over my head? Like, weight over my head is already scary. How am I supposed to move through this? The main or the best piece of advice I can give you is pick one or two cues to really hone in on. Like, become best friends with those cues. Let them become something that slowly generates to a second nature-like feel. Because muscle memory truly does exist. And if you were to sit there and try to think of all 10 at the same time as you try to get the barbell or the dumbbell up overhead, um, you're, the likeliness that probably all 10 are going to go down the shitter is pretty high. <laughs> so start off with one or two cues. Really just start to focus, drive in on them, let that be your main point of contact with what your mind is focused on, and then slowly drift to others as you need. I'm going to try to move through this by starting off with uh, the toes or the feet and working on uh, up to the top of the head. So the first one that I'm going to say is to screw your feet in. Uh, Anytime that we're doing something that is strict work, you want to think of your base being just this like very strong force. Let's relate this to a tree. If I was to be this like really big oak tree and let's say 10 mile gusts come by, nothing at all happens to the root of that tree. It is cemented in there. It is good to go. Its roots are screwed into the ground. Now, if I'm talking about some little like Charlie Brown Christmas tree and we have 10-ish mile per hour winds going by, that sucker is going to fall over. Not simply because of the fact that it has smaller branches, but because its root is not really screwed into the ground, right? It might have like this one little thing that's kind of going down. So we want your feet to be screwed into the floor. I sometimes even like to physically think as if you are screwing in with the ball of your foot, the one that's, uh, or the inside of the foot that's closer to like your big toe. Imagine that that part of the ball of your foot, you're like putting that into the ground and then you are externally rotating your leg. So imagine like your big toe is pointing inward and then you're trying to like turn the toe and point it outward as if you were literally like screwing in a nail. That's the kind of feel that you want to get. Really get locked and loaded into the floor. Now, a lot of times whenever we then talk about the root, we think that our entire leg should be like in that locked and loaded feel. This brings me to number two, tip number two, you should actually have soft knees. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that it should be a bent knee of like, I can tell you're starting a squat. All I'm saying is that I do not want you to lock out at the knee joint. I want you to be soft around the knee. Um, So if you were to, let's say I was to take a picture of you and I was to be like, flex your legs. You might not really understand how to do that, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, But a lot of times we then go to a really flexed foot so that it's like the back of the knee is moving uh, like behind you, if you will. We do not want that. We want the knees to stay soft. Next cue that I have is to keep your glutes engaged. So this can be hard sometimes whenever we are focused more on the leg itself and being soft around the knee 
we then almost like let the knee to the glute kind of work simultaneously. You do want your glutes engaged. However, I do not want it to be that you look like a scared little puppy dog. So I don't want you to get a crazy big tilt within your pelvis. Think as if your pelvis is this lovely little bowl and you're not trying to stick your tailbone back too far or tuck your tailbone too under because that little bowl, that little area down there around your hips, I don't want water to be pouring out of either side. We want the center of that bowl to be going straight down. In order to get that, we need your glutes to be engaged, but I'm not saying that you're like obnoxiously holding a shit in right? We have soft engagement in the glutes. I hate to even use the word soft because then people relate that to what I just said with the knee. Your glutes are engaged. You're just not like holding the poop back. You're not holding a fart, okay? (laughs) All right, we'll move up the body to number four. Brace your abs. So that part that I was just talking about the pelvis, that will go into play here. My favorite cue period whenever it comes to abs themselves or your core please note we all have abs, by the way, Um, is that people a lot of times say you don't want a second. And the general population, we're not going to understand what that means. We're automatically going to go to the feeling of, I want the belly button to move to the spine. And that is not correct. If anything, think of it as, I want you to shorten the distance between the bottom of the ribcage and the top of the hip bone without arching forward like you're the hunchback of Notre Dame. Okay? So you need your core to be braced. Imagine as if I was to tell you, all right, I'm going to come up and punch you in the stomach. What would you do? Your likeliness is not that you're going to suck in. I mean, maybe it is if you've never been punched before, (laughs) but um, uh, that we want to be able to get your glute, I mean, excuse me, your core engaged. Um, You want to keep it engaged as the barbell is also going up overhead. If you have issues with finding that braced core, I 100% recommend dead bugs. They are probably my favorite way for you to be able to get your core active. Laying on the floor and doing a wall dead bug is probably my favorite variation. Uh, If you do not know what I'm talking about, it's basically that you lay down, you lift your hands, you lift your legs to 90 degree bends, and then your limbs are going to start moving around depending as to what kind of dead bug you are doing so that you literally look like a dead bug. Um, that is one that I would recommend doing a Google for. You might come across some videos that somebody's like flailing around. You want the one that's moving nice, slow, controlled kind of a feel. A dead bug. Dead bug is a good way to be able to connect to a braced ab. Now we'll keep on moving up the body. I talked about the ribs some. We want to think of your ribs staying stacked over the line of the hips. So you might keep that brace core and then as the barbell is starting to get overhead and you find your sticky spot, it's natural that you're then going to start to move around some. Like it's almost like your ribs are going to want to shift back. Like your shoulders are going to want to move backwards in space as if you're kind of moving to where you're trying to like lay down or do a back bend in a feel. You don't want that. You want to keep all that shit straight in line. Keep the ribs over the hips. Don't let those guys wiggle around. Ribs over hips. Next, moving to number six, uh, you want your chest and your lats to be nice and tight. So maybe, maybe I shouldn't say tight chest. Maybe think of a, of a big chest. Like I love Marvelous Miss Maisel. Um, think like how she says uh, tits up. Um, that's the kind of thought I want you to think of, right? Your chest is nice and big. It's proud. Now, with that being said, that's a lot of times whenever people start to lose the ribs, meaning that the ribs want to shift forward. You lose the brace of the core. 
I want you, there's a reason why I'm starting from the feet and moving up. I want you to keep everything that we just talked about focused on. And then I want you to think about puffing the chest. Get the tits up kind of a feel. While your lats, which are the muscles that are down alongside, like going up to the armpit, down through the ribs kind of a feel, I want those to also stay engaged. So one thing that can help to think of is, again, the ribs stay together while you puff the chest up. Next is that your elbows are going to point down. So if you are familiar with something like a front squat, you then have the barbell in your hands and your elbows are driving up. Or even if you're using a dumbbell, you have the dumbbell towards your shoulder and your chest and your elbows are then poking out, out in front of you. Like if I was to be looking in a mirror, I would say point your elbows to you, like towards the mirror. Um, Whenever it comes to something that is any form of a overhead motion, you want your elbows to be pointing more down in space. So if you ever watch me do a lift, I kind of do it obnoxiously, to be honest, because I'm in such a habit, as I talked before, the mind muscle memory of as soon as I grab hold of the barbell or the dumbbells, my elbows are shoving as high up to the sky as what I can. Like I get a really big brace there. It's super natural for me. So whenever I start, I brace the abs and I do a big tuck of the elbows. I like try to force the elbows to point straight down in space. Maybe not straight down, but like your elbows should be pointing down to the ground, not directly in front of you. So right now I'm sitting in a chair staring at a computer screen. If I was to be in the front rack position to start a overhead press, I would want my elbows to be pointing down towards the chair rather than forward towards the computer screen. Next up is to tuck your chin as you then almost think about hitting the nose. Um, Hitting the nose is like a, is a hit or miss, no pun intended there, a hit or miss cue for me. Um, It kind of relates to my number nine, but For number eight, I just want to talk a little bit about the muscles of the face in general. You do want the chin to tuck in some. If you start shifting your gaze up and sticking your chin out, the likeliness that you're going to hit your chin, specifically if you're using a barbell, is going to be really high. So you do want a little bit of that tuck chin effect. That a lot of times actually helps you to get more of that puffed chest as well. So I think overall it's a good cue for multiple parts of the body. Now, the idea of hitting the nose kind of correlates to my number nine, which is to keep the bar close. As the barbell path or as the dumbbell path is going up overhead, you don't want it to be that that the barbell starts falling out in front of you or that the dumbbells start going out to a Y shape as if you were in a snatch. Everything stays really close to the body line. So like as if I was to draw a line, if you were to see an image of me sitting in my chair right now, and I'm drawing a line from the shoulders straight up to the sky, you want to try to let your hands follow in that path with whatever weight or equipment you have in your hands. So the thought of hitting your nose, specifically with something like the barbell in hand, that's simply just encouraging you or reminding you to keep the barbell close to your face. I know that that part can be scary or different. You, uh, uh, you're not used to having this metal bar go in front of your face, like just a tiny little centimeter away from the nose. I get that. That comes with time. If you are new, I definitely recommend to start with something like dumbbells. Dumbbells are actually going to be a little harder to uh, your core itself. So I think it's kind of a win-win. And it's harder to your core because you have two weights that have the ability to kind of move around, right? A barbell kind of forces you. You can't break the barbell. You can't let your right hand and your left hand start to move like forward and back in opposite directions. So uh, the good thing with the dumbbell is it makes that nose effect less scary and it also challenges your core a little bit more. 
All right, last but not least, simple and easy one to end is to drive the bar straight up. This correlates some with the other cues that I was using before, but I don't want you to let the barbell shift forward or back or let your dumbbells move out to the sides or out in front of you. We want a straight path. All right, before I let you go, I'm just going to repeat these all like a super quick one to 10 kind of a feel just as a quick run through of what we talked about. A little recap, if you will. Number one, screw the feet in. Number two, soft knees. Number three, glutes are engaged. Number four, brace your abs. Number five, keep ribs over hips. Number six, big chest and tight lats. Number seven, elbows down. Number eight, tuck the chin but hit the nose. Number nine, keep the bar close. And number 10, drive the bar straight up. As always, if you have any questions, please reach out especially with something like this. I know before I said that I think this is a good one even if you are a visual learner, which I do hold truth to. However, moving our body in ways that we are not familiar with is literally like a foreign language. So I totally get it if you still have questions and I would love to talk to you if you do have questions. Like I said earlier, you can reach me. My business page is at the Caffeinated Yogi Co. You can also go over to the podcast as has its own little home at Caffeinated Yogi Talks. Next Tuesday is going to be a really good one for mindset, so I hope that you stick around. By then, I should have all of the sales for my birthday live, so peep either the show notes, um, take a look at Instagram, tune into next week's episode, all of those things. And if you are listening to this close to launch date, go over to Instagram like right now so that you can partake in a potential giveaway to work with me for a month for free. Thank you again for listening. It truly does mean the world to me. Please share this episode with some other little gym rat or somebody that you know that is trying to step foot in the gym. I think there's a lot of valuable information that might be able to help them out. Until next Tuesday, my lovelies, namaste and slay boothing.